Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is supported by Golden Artist Colors, manufacturing in upstate New York, Golden Acrylics, Williamsburg Oils, and most recently, Core Watercolors. For more information about Golden Artist Colors, visit www.goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also supported by Topo Designs, based in Denver, Colorado. They're committed to creating quality bags and clothing that stand the test of time. You can check out their products at topodesigns.com. And Sound and Vision is also brought to you by Charter Coffee House. Charter is on Graham Avenue in East Williamsburg in Brooklyn, one block from the Graham L stop. Find out more at chartercoffee.com and follow them on Instagram at charter underscore BK. Paul Wackers was born in New Haven, Connecticut in 1978. He graduated with his BFA from Corcoran College of Art and Design in Washington, D.C. with a degree in Fine Arts and earned an MFA in Painting from the San Francisco Art Institute. Paul has exhibited nationally and internationally in Belgium, Denmark, Canada, Peru, San Francisco, California, Los Angeles, California, and New York, New York. He completed a large-scale public mural for the James Hotel and has been featured in Paper Magazine, Hyperallergic, Juxtapose, New American Painting, and Art Practical. He was a visiting artist lecturer at Brooklyn College and has participated in residencies at Birdcliff Guild in Woodstock and the Nordic Artists Center Dale in Norway. In 2009, he won the Tornasol Award from the Headland Center in the Arts in Sausalito and was a SICA Award finalist. His work is held in numerous private and public collections, including the Chevron Corporation, Fidelity Investments, Wellington Management, the New York Presbyterian Hospital, the University of Texas Southwest Medical Center, and the West Collection in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Paul has an upcoming solo exhibition at Eleanor Harwood Gallery in San Francisco titled Atmospheres and Environments, which opens September 8th and runs through October 27th. Here's Paul and I in Paul's East Williamsburg studio talking about art and life. Here's our conversation. So when did you move in? Uh, the 15th of August, so it's been two weeks. You feel, you don't feel settled yet, right? Um, there's still things I'm doing, like this second space. Like it, This was two studios, and it was affordable enough that I took the second one and chopped a hole in the wall, and that's kind of going to be my clean working space and storage. So nice. I have to build out the storage rack a little bit, and we need to do something a little bit different with the lighting. But other than that, I mean, you know, more than half of the work that's up right now was basically done in the last like two weeks so wow it's been good it's nice, nice to have space to spread out so uh, I'm pretty excited about that um, was your old space smaller well like the last year has just been subletting different studios because mm-hmm. I, I was in a studio like catty corner to this in the below the ISCP yeah building and that was a bigger studio but I was there for like five years and then the rent got raised to an amount that I was not willing to right. pay for considering there was no heat and no air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, uh, I'm out. And then, yeah, I like subletted a few different studios over the year and then would work in my apartment as well yeah. in between, like when I didn't have like a huge push for a show or something. So like, yeah, like the last two months I was in my apartment in like a little 14 foot wide like closety kind of an area right. so I was working on one painting at a time as opposed to like five <laughs> yeah that's nice this is so, stretching out so once I could you know work on all these paintings it's so easy to move from all of these and just like let my brain explode for like a week and just get this shit done do you are you a multiple painting it, at a time person was it weird just doing one at a time yeah i find it really frustrating to work on one piece at a it's, time i feel like it's either one or the other like people either want many yeah. or just one and it's yeah i mean i just i will get so anxious about paintings and if it's only one that i'm working on i'll just like fixate on the problem and not find the solution and then 
when there's multiple pieces going on, it's so easy to just sort of fix the thing that you can deal with. And then while you're working through that, I feel like it always opens up the answer to the other one or like you find a color for a different painting and then it, it's like the perfect solution for you know that thing over here and yeah. it, it just like helps me make things more fluid and when I was working on just like one piece in my apartment you know sitting there waiting for paint to dry it was just like excruciating <laughs> what, did, what did you do I took a lot of naps yeah that's nice <laughs> Yeah, had more energy to work on that one painting. No, I just realized I like slept all day. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then I was like, "Well, job well done. Time to go to bed." <laughs> Short commute. Yeah, to the bed. Yeah, so I'm I'm really stoked to be uh, outside of that. And yeah, then, it's a good space. And also, like now knowing I'll be here for about a year, as opposed to like these two three month stints in these other larger studios where right. it was like finish a very like dedicated task, like. I have a show next week in San Francisco. So like in the the spring, I was I was subletting a studio and like that was just dedicated to making that show, which is great to have like a focused thing to work on in that in that short period of time. But I realized over the last year of having to always like pack up and restart that there was a lot less like experimentation and sort of discovering new things. I was just sort of like show up this is what i'm going to do done move on to the next thing that i know i'm going to do and i'm i'm excited for in here just to like let the painting that's not working for me exist and then find the new paintings that are going to show up as opposed to just finishing the things that i know um i don't know if that makes any sense it totally does it's it's almost like you always feel like you gotta have your bags packed yeah you can't really yeah i mean dig in the experimentation is there but it's not as as like in depth or like you know, the risk taking is less when, when you just, it, it's so finite. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm really excited to know that like I can have a painting sitting on the wall for eight months and then if it's, maybe it goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't, you know? Right. It looks like you, so. your, your only real mess is a gesso mess. Was that, how'd you fit? <laughs> did you deal with that in the apartment? Uh, or did you just tighten it up? Was that another thing too? You had to be a little tighter? I had to be much cleaner. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I haven't gotten full mess or, you know, production in here. So there's some paint on the floors, but usually, like, yeah, the floor will change colors every, like, two months because, like, the paint just goes everywhere. But, yeah, like, in the apartment, it was, like, the scene in, uh, what is it, like, American Psycho or something where you just, like, you know, <laughs> you got, like, yeah. plastic tarps, they had, like, cardboard over that, and, like, another drop cloth, and then, like, this shitty Ikea carpet on top of that, so it's just, like, <laughs> everything to absorb it before it hits my hardwood floor, and, like, right. my landlord is, Security you know, deposit. Pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the that. walls have a lot of paint on that. Well, not a lot, but, like, there's some paint on the walls, but, like, that's easy enough to touch out. Yeah, it's an but easy yeah, to fix. that was a concern, like, being neat, and I'm not the neatest when it comes to working, just because I'm, I'm so, like, absent-minded and the paint goes everywhere and, and I just drag it along everything. There's a lot of neatness in the painting itself too so it's mm-hmm. you want to let the rest of it go a bit. You know? I think so yeah yeah that helps like. I like that I, I'm, I like to have a little bit of mess around yeah. the paints and around the the sides and the backs and whatever but yeah. when it comes to the painting I feel like that's its thing it's yeah. separate. Well that, that's the thing that you spend all day polishing. Right yeah. So. yeah. So people sometimes see your paintings and expect your space to be like pristine, tidy, it's. and no, it's not like that. No, no. <laughs> so, um, but you said this was all within a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, except for this plant painting behind you and the other one here, that was for a show um, that I did at the Journal for their mm-hmm. tennis elbow thing. Uh, but yeah, like these other five that are finished. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that one, I was actually the last painting I did in my apartment. So that one was like the week before. Um, but yeah, like, so then these four paintings that are more or less finished, that was the last like two weeks. Cool. So, yeah. well, before we get into the, you know, the paintings themselves, um, I apologize. I don't even know where you were born, like where you grew up. Where did you? Uh, I was born in New Haven, Connecticut. Really? Yeah. So East Coast, you know, not not too far from here. 
uh, and then that's where I, you know, I grew up there. I lived in Vermont for a couple of years when I was like really little, and then back to uh, back to Connecticut, and then I was there for, you know, how was growing school. up in New Haven? Um, it's a weird place. It's a very weird place. It's, it's got a strange dynamic. Yeah, it it's how was it? I don't know. I mean, it was great and it was miserable. Um, it was such a strange place because, yeah, because of like Yale and the city and that like just the history in, in Connecticut and all these like old industrial towns and then this you know very intellectual place because of the universities. It's also very working class and then poor as hell and then rich as hell. It's just a strange place to grow up. Yeah, it's tough to say like what it was, but it was. How are the schools? Um, I mean, I was in public school, and I think our school system was, was pretty good. So I like actually grew up in the town right outside of New Haven called mm-hmm. Woodbridge. Right. And it was basically just sort of a town with no real center. It was just like a lot of trees and then like this giant school district of three towns smushed together. Um, so they were good, I guess. I mean, I hated high school and stuff I was not I'm not I wasn't a good student so you weren't into it no I (laughs) what did your parents do were they my father he taught at Yale he's a doctor yeah so he he was doing research and teaching there um and then my mother she when I was really young I mean she was like working in galleries and stuff like there was some art galleries in New Haven and she she would work there and, and so that's where the took she was like also a photographer and she said she had a dark room very like when they first moved to the states because they're they're from Holland so they're not originally from here but mm-hmm. so she was doing a lot of like photography and uh yeah so yeah I guess that was a that's an interesting dynamic between the creative mom the more yeah. rigorous academic father yeah in <laughs> that environment so yeah. you went the creative route. Did yeah, you, did you I like did. art growing up? I mean, were you a drawer? Or did you, did your mom take you to galleries, or did you were you exposed to that stuff? Yeah, I mean, we would. I mean, we would travel a lot because we'll go back to Europe and you know see like uh, grandparents and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And you know, every time we went somewhere, it would be going to a museum or some old church or, or yeah. something. So like experiencing that was was just sort of like a given it wasn't a thing that we had to like think about it was like well of course we go to the museum and we we go to this and and sort of just grew up in those spaces and my parents have a lot of art like my father's brother he's a painter and a sculptor and he lives in in france now and so like a lot of his artwork has been it was in our house um my mother's brother was like a museum administrator. Like he was the assistant or like the, yeah, like the assistant to the director of the state like in the nineties yeah. and stuff. And, uh, sort of that world was just like always there. It wasn't like a, a mystery or, or this thing that was, um, not accessible. It was, it was, it was, it's just kind of funny. I know like, I think some people are intimidated by those spaces when they're younger or they're just like confused it's like boring for me it was just like where I would go and I'd probably fall asleep in the middle of a gallery yeah you know? it was like it was just an extension of, of of home or something um sounds like your dad was the oddball he was the one who wasn't the <laughs> well his his related. his father was a doctor so he followed that okay. uh but he is and he's very you know culturally inclined as well. Um, well you have to be creative to be a doctor too in a way I mean you're I mean especially he's you know he was doing more research right. and things so you know he was actually like him and a few other people were like the people who kind of invented how that you get imaging of the heart mm-hmm. while it's beating so like figure out you put like these radioactive particles through the blood screen or whatever it is and you can take a video of the heart. And this is like in the 80s when computers like all of a sudden opened up the world. Uh, you know, it's sort of, he'd always been playing with these things. And, and I think that was like definitely like a creative outlet. It's like, how do we do this craziness? Um, and it's image based, which is interesting. Yeah. You know? It's kind yeah. of like visualizing how mm-hmm. this stuff's working. Like, how do mm-hmm. we see that picture? Yeah. 
That's cool. But I think, yeah, like, so then being a doctor was maybe just, like, the practical part. You know, right. Growing up, like, you know, living through World War II and, and that whole thing. It's like, well, you got to have a job and support a family and all that. It wasn't like, you know, my upbringing where it's like the 80s and 90s and it's like anything goes. Who cares? Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's hardship? I don't know. I might right. need a new skateboard. <laughs> yeah. Just do what you want, man. So, Yeah. But, uh, different times. And now that he's retired, he's, uh, he's, it's pretty cute. He's taken on a, a hobby of, uh, building model ships. Oh, really? Yeah. But I thought he, you were going to say Sunday painter. No. Well, you know, that could happen. He's been asking me about paint because you know, he's painting these boats and he's like, why can't I get yellow to cover anything? And I'm like, cause it's a transparent color. Yep. It's never going to happen. You right. need to paint white first. Yeah. And then he did that. And he was like, that worked. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I, this is the one thing that I know. <laughs> Transparency and opacity. I yeah. can help you out with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, cool. Yeah. So that, that that's. But that's, they must be excited about your accomplishments and what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're pretty proud. They're, they're incredibly supportive. Um, they, uh, you know, if, if they can, they, they show up at my openings. And yeah. They're always excited to hear about things that are brewing or on on the horizon and you know every time they come to the city since they they do live in connecticut like you know they're always like can we come to the studio can, yeah. can we see what you're doing that's um, cool yeah they're 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 very supportive it's uh it's, it's you're, been nice. europeans are just more culturally aware and more in touch with art don't you think <laughs> yes <laughs> I mean, it's just part of it's everywhere yeah you know and here it's it's you know it's not I think part of that too, the history, like you were saying, architecturally with churches and museums. I think that is it. Entirely. I mean, you can't help but be impressed by those things over yeah, there. Yeah, you know? I mean, just yeah, like architecture, you know, just the, the that history that's just like steeped in everything. Um, right. Go to the Louvre and say like, yeah, this is bullshit. Or even just go to the center of like any old town in in Europe, and there is a building that will have like certain, you know, accents and stuff that will be like will tell you a story of like the history of this place. Whereas right. like in the States, it's like you go to the center of a city and you might have a monument and then you have a glass box. Right. There's no history there. Yeah. We're pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you graduated high school and you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And then you thought, thought, I'm I'd, gonna, thought I'd go to art school. I'll go to art school. <laughs> <laughs> and you have supportive parents in that process probably. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't fight that too much. Um, well, they didn't fight it at all. I think they've always been supportive of what I was gonna do. I think you know we had uh, we had our moments for sure. They were, it wasn't always just like go follow your dream. There was a lot of uh, you know I was like a little shitty punk kid in high school and get off the couch, quit, stop napping. Yeah, yeah. You know why why are you asleep all day and awake all night? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then, then the art school came and I think at that point, like I, I shown enough interest and in, in dedication to art. Like I, you know, rebuilt my mother's dark room when I was in high school, like maybe my junior year and, uh, got really into like just photography and, and doing that. And so I had like the dark room in the house and was just like taking photos of like, you know, all my friends' bands and skating and then with that and I also was uh there's like a, a space in New Haven creative arts workshop where I would go and take like art classes like every weekend and you know all summer long because like my my high school had an art program but you know it's a little limited I guess uh or just you know just that structure I never found it very engaging but then going to this other place where I could just do whatever I want and not have to worry about the grade mm-hmm. was way more exciting I took like you know printmaking classes and started painting a little bit just like not really knowing what I'm doing but just like moving around this color and yeah I think I definitely got absorbed enough in it that uh art school was like the only way to go did you have some teachers who were good mentors or people um, you connected with that kind of like in high school no I mean in, oh, art, school. in art school yeah um no uh, yeah, that whole that whole idea of like a, a mentor and like the person who like really takes you and, and, and guides you or shows you the way. I don't know. I've never really experienced that or like felt it. I mean, I have teachers that I've liked, but there was never one that I was like, I want to be like them. Yeah. Or like, 
you know, or, or whose work I'm necessarily like trying to follow the path of, um, no, there's, I mean there's that, like people, I, I was just gonna say, I mean that more of just like, yeah. they could just be like, Hey, this is interesting. Yeah. Or you're, or just give you a little bit of light to your fire. You know right. what I mean? Not yeah, necessarily yeah. like, Oh, I want to be just like that yeah. painter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there there were some. Um, I mean, I guess. Well, there's the community that people yeah. are with. I mean, too. there was like maybe you know, like in in undergrad, there was this one painter. I you know, get his name wrong, but Bill, Bill Newman. Mm-hmm. I went to school in D.C. He was the Corcoran, and he mm-hmm. was like this painter guy who was total. I mean, he was just wild. He he had uh, what's this like degenerative like nerve disease like uh no he was in a wheelchair and like he did all these like crazy experimental tests to try to feel like so he would get like bee stings every day and it was like a way to like maybe stimulate his nervous system or or who knows what and you know he was just like this photorealistic painter that he's in a wheelchair and like craziest stories like he was a trip and like he was encouraging just because he was excited with anyone who wanted to make stuff, you yeah. know, or like wanted to do something that seemed like a little bit like off, like the weirder, the better. And I think that was probably pretty inspiring as like a young art student, maybe my, like my um, sophomore or junior year there where it was like, oh, here's a guy who's like the crazier your idea is, the better and the more excited he is about it. And he's like sure if you can't like technically get there who cares just go for it and uh which is was always like kind of reassuring because he was such like a a meticulous like photorealistic painter but as long as you were following your vision he was fine with it it wasn't like you had to be technically perfect right so that that's a good teacher like they leave their work at the door and they yeah i think so what you're trying to do yeah and then uh yeah and he hired me to like work in his studio for a bit and like you know, he was definitely encouraging early on. I think he was probably one of them. So I guess, yeah, that would be. That what would years be were you there? Uh, 97 to 2001, I graduated. Was that big show up then? It was Which a one? big abstract. Well, I don't know if it was abstract. Oh, I'm never going to remember. Yeah. But I remember going to, yeah. to, to, to the Corcoran and seeing this. It was a really important, it felt like a really important show. There were James Hyde works, those big ones on uh, styrofoam, I believe. Hmm. I don't know. It. I'm d- digging deep here, but they yeah, put on some good shows. They had some really great shows. I mean, uh, yeah, I remember seeing, they had like a, I mean, now it's not that impressive maybe, but like this Jeff Koons retrospective, I think in like 2000, which was, or 2001, which was like, pretty amazing yeah. you know to see all that work and you know it was it was mind-blowing they had like uh gordon park's show it was pretty great like those photographs were amazing and this like i remember seeing this ida applebrook show mm-hmm. like that like language was super cool i don't know yeah there was a lot of really great shows that went went through that museum it's a shame that it's uh it's no longer there yeah well Especially dc is such a great place there's so much to see there there's so much to see was there. it overwhelming um, or did you just a la carte like go out when you needed to and you did your thing yeah i mean i don't think it was overwhelming just because like well the great part about dc is all those museums were free yeah except for you know like the phillips i think was the one that you had to pay for but you could always find a free ticket mm-hmm. um so i don't i never felt overwhelmed by it because you could just go and see what you wanted and then leave it yeah. wasn't like you had to go and like take it all in right I um, paid twelve dollars. I could look at it, which is why gallery. like the Met here is so great. Well, was was because <laughs> you could just go and, and get your like ten minute dose. Yeah, because you know you can come back. You, and yeah, you no just sweat. go see one painting. Like there's yeah. one painting I want to look at. Yeah. you just go look at it. Which I do that. I go there. I go. There. I would go there just to go check out that that Joan of Arc painting. Mm-hmm. I love that painting yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I don't walk in that building and see that painting, I feel bad. Right, <laughs> you're missing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, DC's also got a good music scene. Where you? It had a great. I mean, I don't. I don't know what's going on in DC now, but yeah, when I went there, I think the music was really the the first draw. Yeah. Um, Black Cat, Nine Thirty. Yeah. What else? I'm trying to think of. I mean, you just had all those like positive force shows. I mean, just yeah. like the community center stuff, and like 
I mean, yeah. So were you, are you from there? Or? No, no. I just I played music there a lot. Oh, okay. I, I had like a lot of friends who food for thought, like that, like vegan cafe, oh, right. vegetarian spot that would have a lot of shows. Like, yeah. I mean, it was great when I was when I first got there. Um, who were you going out to see? Any memorable ones while you were there? I mean, you know, go see the makeup and. Uh, oh wow. Ian Savonius. Yeah. And and then, like, you know, some of the more, like, hardcore, like, punk stuff, like uh, Majority Rule and, like, Darkest Hour. And was Unwound still at it then, or were they done? I can't remember if I saw them play. Um, I'm sure you saw some Fugazi. Definitely saw some Fugazi. I mean, they would do the free show every year yeah. in the park. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you go, would go to shows, like, at least two or three times a week if it's not at a community center or like a yeah a show at Black Hat or 930 Club or Girls Against Boys were they around? were they kicking when you were there? I don't remember if they were yeah it was a good scene though it was good I mean because everyone would come through too yep yeah. you know, you're going down the east coast you you stop there or like you go to Baltimore or something yeah yeah which is also close you yeah. got to yeah check out that scene did you used to go to Baltimore uh we'd go sometimes I mean I didn't always have access to a car or something so it would, it would be a little bit more of a chore it was like it's like this show is like a must see then it would happen but I'd imagine you'd have interest in that outsider art museum did you ever go to it I've actually never been you should go I know it's I pretty really incredible should. <laughs> <laughs> I should yeah I kind of accidentally the first time I went to it yeah. I was with someone they're like we gotta go see because Howard Finster was kind of yeah. getting a lot of recognition at yeah. that point and we, we gotta go see this yeah. and, I, and you know I didn't I wasn't even thinking about outsider art at that no. point and, but it it blew your mind I you bet. know there were some sculptures made all I remember is like a lot of wacky paintings which were yeah. great and then the sculpture made out of matchsticks like right. gigantic you know stuff like that Yeah, like I, made out of like coke can tops I mean, in a way I think I'm, I'm I think having not seen that when I lived there and I was like, you know, still 20 and trying to figure out what I'm going to do is, was maybe like a better okay. thing because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been so appealing to just sort of work in those ways that I wouldn't have, well, maybe I would have, I don't know. It just would, would I think I would have been so seduced by it. Yeah. Too close to by that weird. You go down the wormhole. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, you can just like, Oh, I don't need to learn these things. And, Rather than like coming to it yourself, you just sort of like dress yourself as if you are. Yeah. That. And, that know. happens sometimes when I'm teaching where there's a young artist who's making work, mm-hmm. and I think, oh, they would probably really respond to seeing this person's work. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, it's too close. Like I can't say it because then they'll just go down the, mm-hmm. you know, the Terry Winters wormhole or whoever it is. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or or be like discouraged. Yeah, like oh, because like someone's already it. doing it. Right. Yeah, that crushes many many of us. <laughs> it does, although, like, for me now, I mean, there's plenty of people who, who paint like I do or I paint like they do, and I I just see it as, like, great, we're all speaking the same oh, yeah. language. This is perfect, you know? Yeah, but we've been working long enough but that I've been we've doing it for capital. <laughs> and, and, you know, I've been, like, poking around for, like, 20 years to get to this, so, I, you know, it's like, yeah, I know, yeah. I know what Your voice is. feels authentic because yeah, you've been I can, doing I it. I can so. show you the differences and, and whatever. Right. But when you're younger, you're like, oh, that's kind of close to mine. I guess i got to close change that Change everything, up. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. You'll never do anything if you start down that road. Yeah, yeah. So I like when I hear people get like frustrated, like someone else made this thing. It looks like my whatever. I'm like, so it's different. <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. So. So, what were you doing at that point? Like, what kind of work were you making? Oh, very uh, expressive, abstract oil paintings. Nice. Um, there's like a lot of scrawled like text buried in layers of just like goopy oil paint and are these emo paintings probably <laughs> probably that's never been a genre but it should be right i'm sure it existed <laughs> definitely emo. exists i think there's like a whole like category in etsy or pinterest that's oh like yeah the, emo paintings. that's true <laughs> <laughs> paintings wearing white belts <laughs> short pants yeah white belts a chain uh, oh my god <laughs> yeah um yeah, like that. That was like, yeah, that was my maybe my, my sophomore year. I was making these like really weird, abstract, goopy oil paintings, and then 
and, but then when I graduated, the work was totally different. I remember I had the show as like 40 pieces up for my like senior thesis show and it ran from like, I think there was even like photographs and then like tiny little like illustrative kind of like zine sort of looking drawings, you mm-hmm. know, just like this cartoony, but not super clear or whatever and like prints I don't know it was bizarre it was basically just like everything in my brain put on the wall yeah. wait was that your your thesis show that was my show? thesis show I'm just trying to remember exactly how it was but it was like it was funny I don't know well then how did you move so on from long. that what was the next step um the next step well so then like uh, and then I decided okay yeah that was like you know 20 pieces that kind of were collaged together on a wall to look like one installation sort of and then I think post school it's like you don't really have a studio no one wants to show that no one wants to look at that and then got a studio and then I started like just focusing on making paintings and uh was this still in DC this is still in DC I, I only I only stuck around like a year after uh but then I made these paintings where was definitely like referencing my childhood and like this nostalgia and, and there was like figures in the paintings that were like me or my brother or something else and uh, a lot of like landscape kind of figurative work but then also I started working with acrylic then so things were tighter there was mm-hmm. less of a mess you know I think it was sort of couldn't control the oil so that's why those atmospheric oil paintings happened right and then the, the acrylic was like oh I can keep this where I need it and things tightened up um I remember there was like a lot of paintings that were maybe like trying to be punny but were not I don't know I remember like I made a lot of paintings of donuts (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why um pre Kenny Scharf donuts yeah have you ever seen those paintings I don't think I have he's done some donut paintings sure um Yeah, I don't know, and then that, but that was like definitely like a weird lost year, like post school, still in D.C., not really loving D.C. because this is like prime Bush years post nine eleven. Yeah, it was a very strange place to be. Wanted to get out. Did you have the feeling I, I got to get out of here? I had to. Yeah, it was. I mean, that that was when I think D.C. started getting really kind of gross. Like it was like extra political. Yeah. Like toxic. I mean, just the. The, the war and hate speech that was going on like post 9-11 like I was never comfortable with like it was I mean especially being there like I mean remember when 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 that happened uh, I lived not too far from the White House and you know woke up that morning and you know saw all that shit happen and then you know maybe like an hour later there was like not quite a tank but like a huge like armored vehicle parked in front of my building yeah and I was like, where am I? Why? Yeah, we were it's right like, in the middle of it. What is this? Yeah, like, this is too intense. I'm not feeling it. Uh, so, yeah, I was there for a year, and then I went to San Francisco. Much lighter. How was San Francisco? <laughs> How long did you spend there? I was in SF for about nine years. Nine like years? DC for five, and then San Francisco for nine. Wow. I think, yeah. You grew some Eight. roots. You can grow roots in nine years. Yeah, uh, if I'd stayed a, like another year, I'd definitely be stuck there. I was like, I knew I had to leave. Con- common law marriage to the town? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to have to stay. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a long time. It was great. It was, those were good years. But I went for grad school, mm-hmm. so that makes it easy to like... At SFAI? Yeah, yeah. I mean, plant some roots pretty pretty quickly. What years were those? Uh, 2002 the- to 2004 okay. was like my, my MFA years. And how is it there? It was great then. <laughs> I think every, yeah, every city, it's like, ah, I use it and I leave. Yeah. There's nothing left in this place. Yeah. <laughs> DC was great, and then it got weird. Yeah. SF was great, then it got weird. You got to know when to leave on a high note. I know. It's New like Costanza, York, you know? It's just like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> Thanks, oh city. I'm moving yeah, to a new one. That's true. No. Um, yeah, San Francisco was cool. I mean, when I... When I got there, it was like mission school. That whole thing was still like very, very present. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still present there now. Um, 
but like all of those people were still active and, and it was still like this arts community that was was welcoming and, and engaging you know like Chris Johansson and Joe Jackson and Barry McGee and you know all of those names were very present and, and there was these places that were very accessible to like show your work if you got involved and were curious they were more than happy to put your work on the wall and I think that was something that like DC stopped having that I think when it became so political and and sort of really strict about like yeah there was just I think there was just like a shift like post 2000 where that political agenda was 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 the driving force in DC so like you couldn't do like a weird art show because all these people wouldn't they can't be seen there because tension yeah would would affect their whatever careers and, and things so san francisco was open enough to where you could you could try these things out and that was just super exciting and it wasn't a struggle to find it um yeah it seems like the perfect elixir from dc to go yeah to and then it was also it had like a like the art world there was like a reality. It wasn't like a thing you're struggling to create. Like it was just like very embedded in that place. Um, and, and, and so you could, yeah, you just felt like you were a part of it and, uh, show the work. People were excited. People were looking, you know, and then, yeah, it was, it was a good place. Yeah. I can imagine like that. And it was cheap. Like my first bedroom there. San Francisco. Yeah. Like, it was ever cheap. It was cheap. When I, I mean, I lived with like two, uh, three other people in like this little house, and and I had a room, but that room cost me like four hundred dollars. That's affordable. So it's like I could be there. Like I'm when I moved to San Francisco, I got off an airplane with two bags. I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. Like lived in like a one of those single room occupancy hotels or whatever in the Tenderloin for like a week and a half until mm-hmm. I found this place that was the way you could do it you didn't have to show up with ten thousand dollars right yeah <laughs> so it wasn't like that i imagine when you moved to new york <laughs> not quite but i got lucky that's good <laughs> <laughs> you know because at that point you know i'd been around the block enough and and coming to visit i had enough connections here right. where I found it was an apartment. a landing pad my first room in new york was 625 dollars. that's not bad that's not bad Pretty good. But what that, year was that when you came back? Uh, it was here? 2010. Yeah, that's pretty good for 2010. Yeah. It actually doesn't even seem like you could find anything near that now. Probably not. I mean, unless you're like in like Brownsville or East New York or right. something, which is or what's, Pennsylvania. what's happening. Or Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Um, Have you heard about that outer borough? It's really cheap. It's called Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh. So they've moved past New Jersey. It's yeah. Not, no. no Jersey's Jersey's it's spent. Yeah. Right. Jersey's <laughs> just as expensive, if not more. So. Yeah. Um, PA. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, but that room was was miserable. I mean, I was in it for. I think I lived in this room for maybe four years, and yeah, I think it was four years. But like, it was right on Grand Street. Grand and, here. Yeah. So, and like yeah, Grand yeah. and like Leonard. So basically, uh, all, all night long, it's just uh, dump trucks doing cartwheels. I had a friend who lived there and he lasted, I think, two, maybe two months. And he's like, I got to get out of this. And he was, was up insane. on the, he was on like the third floor, mm-hmm. but still, he's like, the noise. I was on the, was on the third floor. It's nonstop. So fucking long. Yeah. It was bonkers. But I'm in a $600 room and I could afford a studio. Yeah. I used to live over in Grand and Havemeyer. Okay. And, I that's moved a, that, out of that because it was basically like well, I felt like I was in a frat house. Bar noise, yeah. Yeah. It's a different kind of noise. And it was just parties constantly. Yeah. yeah. And then they started shutting down the street and doing street festivals, which I don't mind a good outdoor music festival here and there, but <laughs> not right outside my window like no. every weekend. Yeah. So I was like, happen. it's time to get out of here. It would be very annoying. Yeah. yeah. It's changing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you ran, San Francisco ran its course. Mm-hmm. You decided to come here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, were I, you showing a lot in San Francisco? I was. I mean, I was also showing in DC. Like, I always managed to get involved or, and put my work up. And yeah. yeah, like my first actual art show outside of like school in DC was like me and uh, a friend, this, this woman Melissa. She uh, 
was a photographer and she wanted to put together a show and we just like she approached the the big public library there and we had a show in their basement nice and it was like you could just pay i think like 50 bucks and you get to use like a hallway and so we had an art show in the basement of the Martin Luther King Library in the middle of Washington, D.C. Pretty cool. It was pretty fun. Like yeah. one of the most enthusiastic visitors was some homeless guy that peed himself. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. He was like really into it. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that was fun. So like we showed there and then like uh, there's a few other things that, that happened in D.C. and then in San Francisco showing there. And I mean, that's when I started working with like proper galleries and, yeah. not, and not just sort of these DIY art shows. Um, although my first show sort of post grad school was, you know, maybe I think I was out about a year and been making all these paintings and, and a buddy of mine had a record store and I just asked him if I could have a show in the record shop. Cause it was like, I made all these paintings. Someone has to see them. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I feel about them. Uh, put them up in the record store and then talk to a few gallery people. And I was like, Hey, come, see these things I made and yeah yeah they did and then one of them you know I was her this woman she's curating at this other space then she opened up her own actual gallery a few months after that and uh because she saw the work in a record store I was like the second show in her space and then took my work to Miami and the door opened that's how it all starts yeah Yeah, you just make it happen right yeah you gotta get it out there somehow yeah it's like you know yeah you can you can be too uh too proud to show in a coffee shop but you don't know who's going to get coffee so it's like it's always worth it no i think getting the work out there yeah especially when you're just trying to get Mm -hmm. eyes on your work you know what i mean you got to get someone to look at it somehow yeah yeah and online isn't always the best place to see work yeah i I mean mean, well it can help but everyone will see it but they don't they're not seeing there's no investment in seeing it right yeah yeah it's fortunately these still have not yours i mean artwork has a a good punch in person oh yeah it's so different and then well or it it reveals itself yeah you can see the work that oh that looks good on a phone but it looks terrible (laughs) in person (laughs) it's almost like certain people make it just for the phone i'm sure a lot of people do yeah um but yeah so i was always showing and then i don't know where where i was going with that did was it a smooth transition here yeah i mean I was pretty lucky. I mean, knowing that I'd sort of San Francisco, I felt like I'd done what I could there. I mean, I did, I was given this really great award where I had a studio at the Headland Center for the Arts for a year mm-hmm. and a nice little stipend that came with that. And been showing with this gallery locally, and we think we'd done like two or three solo shows while I was living there. And then I'd, I'd worked with a gallery in LA for a little bit, and I think I did like one show with them and a number of group shows. and managed to show in Europe and then was talking to a gallery here in New York and that's Morgan Lehman who yeah. I'm still showing with now um, and so like they had they had my work and I think we'd, we'd done like a group show and then sort of we're just like showing my work to people and we had a dialogue and so when I decided to come here I already had like enough things sort of in place that I felt like I wasn't going to have to like knock on every door sort of, okay, I can just sort of keep doing it, push through. And I I have confidence that I'll get to where I want to be, or at least position myself to be active and not have to just like go get a job or something. Right. I mean, I had to have a job, but I I didn't have to give up art. (laughs) Right. You could still make work. Yeah. 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 So were you in, were your paintings kind of in this dialogue at that point? No, I mean, then it was like I was making these, these, it was much more landscape based. I mean, like now my paintings are slowly like, so when I was leaving San Francisco, the paintings were uh, these like very like muted, like almost like apocalyptic landscape visions. Um, But there would be like these little structures that looked like houses and, and, you know, these like geometric sort of constructions in this landscape. And slowly, like, I sort of, like, zoomed in on those structures, and then they became more and more familiar, and then I ended up inside, and so that's where I am now. It's, like, these these interior scenes and objects and, like, the way that you, like, live with stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
but so yeah like the paintings when I first got here were I'm trying to remember exactly like what yeah it was like a lot of like wooded scenes um, just plant like like dense growth of trees and tangled stuff sort of like what you'd see at the edge of like a, a flooded creek where there's just like plastic bags and fishing line and nets and whatever just like tangled up in this thing creating these like huge masses and accumulations of things um i haven't thought about the paintings in a long time um well it feels like these so. paintings like you you transmuted that into an interior look yeah but it also feels like in a way these are almost like still lives of of paintings or painting moves or like abstraction versus representation of yeah. observation versus invention. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, these are very, I think, yeah, these, these speak to painting as well as, yeah, like a still life and yeah. an object and within that, like uh, language language. I mean, I think like a brushstroke is the same as like, you know, it has as many nuances as every language we can speak out of our mouth. You know? Yeah. Um, must be fun to work through and daunting, I guess, but fun to work through all those different ways it is. of I mean, making. Yeah, I mean, especially like the the cabinet paintings where it is really uh, sort of like an inventory of painting moves. Um, those are really fun. I mean, sometimes I have like a definite plan, but a lot of times it's like, well, I want to make that shape in as many different ways as I can. Like, mm-hmm. how many different moves? can get to the same form or you know and, and just playing with that like that inventory um there's still some humor in there too i mean you got be. like the little faces and yeah you know yeah. I, I i like to try to hide things in all of my paintings sort of like it's the payoff if you're going to give it the the time to actually see it then you can find those moments and you know it's it's uh that's my my joy is, is hiding a face or making something that's going to glow in the dark. So yeah, the one day you look at your painting when you turn the lights off, it's glowing, and you're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <A little Easter. laughs> I, don't, I don't usually tell people, but yeah. yeah, every once in a while I'll get like an email. It's like, "Did you know this?" I'm like, "Yeah." Do you write special codes on the back of the painting, hidden under the canvas where it's folded up? <laughs> no, I should. That'll be even extra creepy. Everyone just destroy their work. Or like 40 years from now, someone like peels it back and there's yeah. a little message in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be too cryptic. Yeah, it would be. Maybe. Or the pro move, like the, the sort of Picasso-style move of uh-huh. painting something, painting over it, and then having someone with like X-ray. X-ray, yeah. Well, they, they didn't know that was going to happen. No, not at all. Yeah, yeah. that's... Yeah, I do no think idea. about that. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, just that that excavation that could happen underneath all of, all of the artworks. It's it's funny. Well, it's oh. a it's a fun mixture of fun or play mm-hmm. with color with yeah iconography the way you're doing that and it's very academic in a way too because it's yeah. about you know it's about painting it's mm-hmm. about you know the language of making paintings and paint yeah. themselves and the way you're flattening the picture plane and a lot of them referring mm-hmm. to the picture yeah you know it, and the frame of the painting is it kind of become in a way kind of the language that you're just working on so you're not hyper conscious of it all the time and you're getting lost in the actual formal play of the painting yeah or? i mean it is pretty a lot of it is pretty intuitive where where it is just yeah just moving moving through this this process and 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 um, yeah, reacting to what was before as opposed to like forcing something. Um, so yeah, it is all of those things. It, it and I, and I want it to be fun. Like yeah, if I'm gonna do it all day, every day, might as well have fun with I it. I want to enjoy it. I mean, sure, there's some, there's some that take a lot more work and, are, and maybe are less satisfying in their creation but in the end I, I want those things to be generous and to be the payoff to be giving and, yeah. and you know like not so dry and formal that like oh you need a book to understand this thing um so yeah they seem that they would also the fun that it looks like you're having in making some of it mm-hmm. which i'm sure is a chore but yeah you know the visual fun of it that they actually i mean they look like paintings that would be fun to have I and would to hope live so. With. I hope so. 
But I mean, I don't, when I make paintings, yeah. I don't think about quote unquote, like living with them. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I'm just, well, I'm really interested in that kind of image right now. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, maybe selfishly not even thinking about how someone, how this is going to look on someone's wall. Yeah. But, um, these have that feeling of like, oh, they would be nice to yeah. live with. I mean, these paintings, especially, I mean, they're so bright and colorful and I mean, I, I there are some other paintings that are much more brooding and. I mean, there's always like a rhythm, but like the palettes will be way more of a downer. But, uh, but yeah, these are definitely trying to be positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's funny to even just like talk about fun in art. I feel like people don't ever discuss that or That's I don't, I don't hear that a lot. I don't know. Maybe you do since you're talking to more artists, but like not really the enjoyment of, of what I'm doing, like that process, like that is pretty important to me. Like, I'm not going to do something that I'm not engaging with in, in like, this 100% way. Like, I don't want to be miserable creating these things. It's sort of, like, you know, the ceramics. Like, that is, like, you know, the painting is pretty immediate and intuitive, but, like, the ceramics, I mean, that's, like, just taking it straight to kindergarten, and I'm just, like, playing with goo. Yeah. (laughs) you know <laughs> right. and it's great you know and no rules no just, rules and that's why like two thirds of my my stuff just explodes and yeah. this is a total loss but I love that like yeah. because then like the one that works I'm like so stoked right it's like I pulled it off <laughs> yeah and it's usually like there's like this one piece standing in the middle of a kiln that's just shards <laughs> and I'm like yeah you're awesome <laughs> you made it yeah well, I think that part of that too might be from the fact that maybe subconsciously a lot of artists feel like, well, we're kind of getting away with it because we're spending yeah. our life doing something that's a lot of people feel like it's just fiddling around. So we have yeah. to be hyper serious about what it means and you know the, yeah. the well, weight of it and the yeah. conceptual side of it. So it's, yeah. it's so much propping up what it is yeah, that we, sometimes we, the fun we, we do always have to justify ourselves yeah. and everyone's like oh like, what do you do and like, oh, I hate saying like I'm an artist right I don't hate it but I just know the next question is like is that all you do yeah what do you do from or 9 it's like, to 5 what, but what do you do? and it's like <laughs> is that how you like make a living and I'm like yeah what do you do you're a banker is that all you do right I yeah. mean come on why do I have to answer that yeah <laughs> they're like well what are you gonna do in like 3 to 5 years same shit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll become a chef. I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, that's a just a stereotypical feeling of like... It's a weird thing, yeah. yeah. I know, I never like saying like when people ask what do you do in a social setting where there's not... When you don't know those people yeah. at all. Yeah. I'm going to huh, really? Mm-hmm. How's that working out for you? You know, that kind of... It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying a desk all day. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's a funny thing. Yeah. I um, but yeah, it it is weird. It is like yeah, we get away with this. So I guess that is the the justifying part, right? <laughs> yeah, we got to pay a price in some way. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes fun leaves the room, or it, you know, it's yeah. you want to suppress it. It shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of the best artists who use humor in their work, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I feel like if you make it work, yeah, it can really catapult you to, yeah. you know, another strata. Yeah, it's but hard. that's the thing. It's like I, I, it's it's fun, and I'm trying to be light with it, and I want these things to be generous. But I don't think they're not like serious. You know, there, there's there's like a an intentionality, or, or like you know, there's even though sure this is all just like a painting language. It I think it's you know it speaks to like many other layers of like a human existence. You know, like this. Mm-hmm. You know. We always, I mean, from the dawn of time, you know, we've like surrounded ourselves with like objects and things and we've like sort of projected meaning onto those, those like, uh, like shards of a pot and like all of this other stuff. And so like, that's the way that I see all of these things. So it's like, sure, it's fun and it's light, but I think it's talks to these like accumulations and these like, I mean, nobody lives in a stark place. So it's like these very relatable it's like human nature too. Communication, like cave yeah. painting. Yeah. We've been doing it from the beginning. Yeah. Like here we are. This yeah. is what we did today. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are, you know, ways to just talk about experience and language. And yeah, and then the, the disconnect between maybe what it was really for and what we've interpreted it for. Yeah. Like centuries later. Right. I find that like, 
an endlessly humorous thing to think about. Yeah. It's like that guy probably just had his hand on the wall. A friend made a weird joke and he spit out his like bison blood and it's on the wall. Right. And, well, made a mark. Yeah. You know, it was just like a, a slapstick <laughs> moment. But now we've like turned it into, uh, you know, this is the proof that humans have whatever consciousness or yeah. I don't know what that what they think it means or all of that. But uh, it's just we could be so wrong about everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of like, yeah, part of it. I yeah. think, you know, failure and mm-hmm. just trying things yeah. out, you know? Yeah. So, um, when you're working on these, do you listen to music? Are you a music person? Silence? The I'm hum not, of the fans? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm definitely not a silence person, but I listen to way too much NPR. Oh yeah. Yeah. I slip into that and then, and then every time I get sick of it, then I put music on and I realize, oh, this is, this works way better with music. (laughs) And then inevitably I put the news back on the next day. But, uh, I mean, I don't think it's that I want to listen to NPR so much. It's just that I make so many choices in here with the painting that I don't want to choose what song I have to play. Oh, that's it. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it's like a endless playlist on Spotify. Right. Or it's just the radio. Yeah. Just, uh. Because I'm not even listening; it's just on. But is so. there like a music that gives you energy in the studio? A certain kind of music? Or you listen to everything? I, I listen. Mean, I listen to everything. I mean, you know, it's definitely changed in my life. You know, it used to be a lot of metal. I think now I've been listening to maybe more like old country stuff. You know, like or like um, more like heart wrenching, like emotional music. So maybe these are emo paintings. <laughs> Like, so I think, I think that email. Uh, like songs, Ohio, like way too much of that. So yeah. it's like very dark. Wow. <laughs> like, do you, uh, do you like palace brother, Will Oldham or yeah, yeah. smog or things like yeah, that? Was definitely listened to a lot of that. I mean, do you ever see lamb chop? Remember them? I know, they were in that I know the name, but I definitely period. don't think I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. But like to that, like, like it's very like lyric driven. I don't know. Just nice music. Yeah. Some Hank Williams Sr. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's, no, there's never like one thing that I'm like my go-to. I'm definitely not uh, current <laughs> when it comes to music. <laughs> right. Like, I don't understand why people like Kanye West. Doesn't. <laughs> I've tried to listen to it, and I'm like, I don't know. They're like, yeah. it's groundbreaking. I'm like, I don't know. It's not your cup of tea. I don't get it. Uh, but I do like listening to rap. Like, yeah, there's some great playlists that I, I'll play, and it's so yeah. That that stuff gets me motivated, but I don't know any of it. It's just there. Right. Well, that's the beauty of <laughs> the beauty or not beauty of Spotify. Is yeah. You just listen to a song. Remember, I went on it. I went on like a sort of a date once with a, a musician woman, and we were talking about music. And I like I admitted that I don't really know much about what's happening in music or, or whatever. And I was like, I just play the, the playlist in Spotify, and she's just like, that's such lazy listening. Deal breaker. She was basically so- <laughs> basically she's just like, yeah, this isn't gonna happen. Yeah, this is like, gonna work. That's oh, okay. Um, <laughs> And I felt so guilty after that. I was like, damn, I need to, <laughs> to put some work in here. <laughs> but it's hard. There's so much shit you have to pay attention to. It's really tough. You know, did like you, I, did I look you, at you used art. to make mixtapes, right? No. You never made mixtapes? I would be given them a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, well, it just wasn't in the stars for you, too. <laughs> no, but I also think, like, you know, some people, they came to music with, uh, like, older brother or sister or yeah. something that would, like, do half of the work and would mine it for you and right. like get you excited about things and then you move on and like my older brother not so much and then in my my, my parents like the music that was like playing in our house was always just like classical or jazz right and it wasn't like things that I found relatable so I just don't have and like you know other people like yeah their parents would like instill this love of like classic rock or like you know old folk music or whatever like you know hippie stuff and it just didn't exist to me at least or I wasn't paying attention to it and so I I like there's a lot of like 
you know, bands from like the, the 70s and 60s or 80s that like people here are just like, you know this. Like right. everyone just knows it as like, it's like the common vernacular. I have no idea who it is. Yeah. But you knew who Miles Davis and like you know yeah. Bach was. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know the names, but I, I was like, eh, didn't relate. <laughs> we kind of go against what your parents listen to, anyways, right? Yeah, like and then my, that's probably why I went to like just going listening to like hardcore and punk. Yeah, like, yeah. that's just the way it is. It's like you so. you want to listen to the opposite. I mean, my dad listened to Motown and classic rock, mm. and then I wanted to seek out when I went to school, you know, jazz and yeah. like you know punk and yeah. everything that wasn't what I was listening to. Yeah. But now I, it's in there. So when yeah. I hear it, it feels like home yeah. in a way. Yeah, I mean, and like I say, yeah, like I'm not like, I don't know what's going on, but I do enjoy music and I know things. I mean, I went to a lot of shows, but I don't know. It's hard to keep on top of everything. Yeah, I, I just at this point, like, yeah, I guess it's, it's like what I'm, what I'm passionate about and what is really engaging is, I guess it's just like art. Yeah. So like, that's where a lot of my energy goes. That's enough to... <laughs> The 24 hours. Yeah. It's like, enough. Like that and, you know, traveling and experiencing the world as yeah. opposed to just like putting on headphones. Right. Like you have on now. Like I have on now. <laughs> so what, do you have anything coming up that you could share with people or where they can find your work? Yeah. Uh, I have a show opening next week in San Francisco. So I'm going back. Um, that's at Eleanor Harwood Gallery. Mm-hmm. I think it's like our fifth or sixth solo. Nice. Be kind of wild. I think we've yeah, been at it for bigger paintings like this size or uh, smaller work. A bunch of smaller work, but all one of the largest paintings I've ever made will nice. be there. It's like six feet by fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see that actually like stretched and put on a wall because I, I painted it just on canvas on the wall and mm-hmm. uh, rolled it up and shipped it out. So that'll be exciting for me. So yeah, that, that's next week. It's coming <laughs> up. Are you going out? Yeah, I leave on Wednesday. Nice. Yeah. We'll release this right about, when's the opening? Thursday? Saturday. Saturday. So yeah. this will come out right before then. Okay. And then you're active on social media? I am. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how, I, I actually don't know how I spell my, my handle on Instagram. Pretty sure it's hibbly gibbly. It's hibbly gibbly, but I can't. I, I can't spell it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you search your name, I'm so lazy. Can find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll post all about it on that. Nice. Um. <laughs> that's good. That's enough for people to check out, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I you just have, had I the journal have, thing I recently. The journal thing. Um, what else? And there's a few other group shows. Like I have a, actually this, the big painting behind you that's going to a show in Connecticut in uh, October at this, uh, I think it's called the Flynn Library. It's in Greenwich. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be a fun group show. Nice. I'm actually excited about that. It's going to be the first time I've shown art in Connecticut. The home state. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was stoked to yeah. do that. That feels like, good. Like yeah. the homecoming in some sort of mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. Even though... I have no affiliation to Greenwich, but it's still Connecticut. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that'll be fun. I'm showing, like, I think maybe three or four paintings, and then a bunch of the ceramic objects are going to be there, nice. too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that'll be, that should be cool. Uh, I guess that's, that's about it in the short term. I mean, a few other things are brewing, but nothing's solidified. All right, well, thanks for having me over. Um, I'm going to be kind and let you turn the fans back on. <laughs> it's starting to get warm in here. It is, yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for having me over. Well, thanks for coming. Sure. Sound and Vision is recorded and edited by myself, Brian Alfred. You can find images I take from the studios at soundandvision.com. And you can donate to the podcast, grab a Sound and Vision tote, and learn more about the show at the website. Please leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast. It helps a lot. And you can find more about my work at paintchanger.com. I'll have work coming up at Expo Chicago with Miles McHenry Gallery. 
And I also have a new piece up on the website Painters on Paintings, where I write about a work of Joe Bear's that was really influential in my development. You can follow them on Instagram, Painters on Paintings, and check out their website where the piece is written. Many thanks for your listening and for your support. Thank you.